Hello and welcome to our third episode of our Words of Life podcast. My name is Sean Walker and I serve as the Associate Pastor at Highlands Baptist Church in Littleton, Colorado, and I'm here with... Steve Hafler, and I have the privilege of serving as the lead pastor. Today our topic of discussion is a question about the changes we've experienced through this COVID pandemic and how it will affect our understanding and practice of the church once we come through this So much of our life has been deeply altered, our recreation, our dining, our socializing, and it's also changed our experience of church. Now the norm is for people not to be gathering. Instead, they're tuning into a live broadcast or they're watching a supplied video. So some might wonder if we're redefining what the church is and will the church look different when we come through this crisis. So Steve, maybe you can give us some background and some scriptural perspective on this kind of question. Yeah, it's a great question. I was just asked this last week. First, I mean, some churches that have never done this before have had to push through an uncomfortable threshold in response to ministering to their people. And so churches that haven't had the technology, even the capability, or the readiness have really gone through something that's quite different for them. And so I'm very thankful that churches have responded to minister to their flocks the way they have. My answer to that question, will it change the way people view the church, specifically the church as it gathers and worships? Uh, I'm not sure how it'll affect large-scale people. I do know this. Our people miss gathering together. Our people miss seeing one another, miss caring for one another, miss serving one another in person. There's there's a life-on-life aspect of worship that we are missing. And I believe Acts 2.42, as you see the church just newly formed, when it talks about they continued in these things, one of those was fellowship. The word fellowship there means partnership or participation or close communion. I would say that the church is not just a service schedule. We're not just a liturgy. Uh, We're not just a building. And we're not even just a preaching point, even though I would say that the right preaching of God's word is a mark of the church But there's something necessary about gathering together, as the Scripture admonishes us to the public reading of Scripture in Colossians 3.16, to sing to one another, to hear God's Word read and preached together, to take communion as if it's a real meal together. I think of Paul's words to Timothy, where he instructed him, "...until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching." The idea there is that the church is gathered, they're called out. That's the idea of the church, the word, we are called out by God and together for the purpose of worshiping him together. You know, and just adding to that, as we look into the New Testament scriptures, it's interesting how much of the New Testament is written to Christians who are facing some sort of hardship. Mm -hmm. So as we experience this in our present day, if we look back over church history, Christ's church has weathered many storms and it will weather this one as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's an encouragement to know that we aren't walking in kind of trailblazing a whole new path, but we've had faithful brothers and sisters in the ages past that have traveled their own unique path of hardship, whether it's persecution or health crisis, and Christ's church has still flourished. Even as we read in Hebrews, that's where we're given a specific command for the church to gather together in Hebrews 10.25. That may sometimes be altered as we respond to things like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do know that the scriptures make it very clear this is what is normal and ordinary and expected uh, by our king for his bride, the church, to do uh, mm-hmm. week after week. And 
And that's what we will let define what we do then, not just a pragmatic practice or convenience, but we really do want to continue to be obedient to the scriptures. The COVID-19 is unique. The scattered church is not an anomaly. You know, we see it in scripture. Uh, even James is writing to dispersed peoples. Uh, we've seen this with the persecution of the church. We see this in the early church, everything that they faced. Uh, but what we do see is typically, you know, not without exception, but typically they are gathering together to be with one another. I actually think that the true evangelical church in China is an example of that. They don't get together openly like we do normally, but they are gathering secretly, sometimes quietly. But there's something about gathering face to face together. I think of the metaphor of a, of a shepherd with sheep that God uses. I don't just want a listening audience. I don't think any of our elders, our shepherds here at Highlands, just want listeners or attenders. But we want to show the, a shepherd-like care to the sheep. As, as it's been said before, the shepherds ought to smell like sheep and the pasture because they're with them in person. We know their needs. We're protecting them from dangers. We're guiding them. They hear our voice. They know our name. And really all of this is a reflection of the good shepherd. That's what they should be sensing. Not just, not just streaming a sermon. There's something about that protection, that health, and that feeding when we're gathered together. There's a group of metaphors that God uses in the New Testament for his church. Uh, one group suggests we're a household, we're a family. There's a bride and a groom. There, there's a large household that is living together, sharing life together. And really, I think this is where some of the one another passages are lived out. We serve one another. We love one another. We have to put up with one another because we're sharing life with each other. Another group of metaphors suggests we're a body, one new man, a human body. I mean, Paul really works through this when he talks about, you know, if one member of your body is suffering, all the members suffer with it. Uh, we are a single human living body. Those analogies, Steve, really emphasize the closeness of our relationship as a church family. Mm -hmm. I heard an illustration put this way that helped my own thinking about all these new rhythms of, of ministry and, and life together as a church in this time. What happens if a, um, a husband and wife, you know, a spouse is, and one of the spouses is deployed overseas in, you know, a military deployment, how their marriage changes and functions is pretty dramatic. You know, mm -hmm. now they're talking over video chat or they're doing phone calls or doing emails or doing text messages because they can't be together, mm -hmm. you know, physically. But through all of that, in a healthy marriage, those spouses would be yearning for the day when they can be back together, be face-to-face, -to -face, have that restored mm -hmm. uh, relationship in, in that physical sense. And I think that's kind of how the church should be responding and mm -hmm. is, from what I can tell, at least at Highlands Baptist is responding mm -hmm that these new rhythms that we have, this new style or approach to church is not in any ways a sufficient replacement or adequate for us to really live out the intent of the New Testament text in regard to the church life. And so we're kind of doing this in the short term, but our hearts are longing for that day when we can be back together face-to-face -face in physical presence. Agreed. Agreed. And I think with that illustration, it's not uncommon even for a child who's had some of that that video interaction with either mom or dad that's been deployed for that child to still feel a type of distance away because there hasn't been touch, there hasn't been closeness, there hasn't been the snuggles on the couch and the reading in person. And some of those just throughout the day, natural nonverbal responses that are very nurturing. And I think, yes, it's great to have that technology, but it's not a replacement for 
in life care for one another. You know, we've, we've clarified what the church is and what's not going to change as far as the scriptural mandate upon us as the people of God. But there are some things that we probably are learning as a church through responding to this crisis. Not trying to say that we're setting things, you know, in stone as far as future plans, but have there been any opportunities, new rhythms of life and ministry as a church that have been an an opportunity, a help that are worth considering, you know, in the days ahead? I think for us as a church and for us as shepherd elders, just that weekly, bi-weekly touch with every member in the congregation doesn't have to be a long phone call, but just because we're not seeing one another on the Lord's Day or midweek, just that personal, individual care for every member in the flock, everybody's being cared for. We might not be able to sustain the frequency of that rhythm, but we certainly, that's something that I think we're going to carry away from here and continue to do, uh, just have those smaller groups of care. And I think the way you've set it up, Sean, where every week our list changes. You know, my week last week, Uh, had 15 different names on it, and my week this week has 15 different names on it. And to be able to interact with all the different variety of people has been a real gift through this season. I'm wondering if there are behaviors that we as a church are learning that might help us care better for those who can't gather with us, whether it's through illness or through age. Uh, Instead of just letting them get pushed to the fringe and forgotten, you know, we are finding ways to use technology with video that has been life-giving to us in some ways, mm-hmm. and perhaps there's rhythms that we could find that to be useful to care even better for those that can't gather with us from week to week. And we've, we've, for years, we've been posting, we post our sermons here at Highlands. We put out a, a week-at-a-glance email, and in there we write a quick sermon snippet, and we include the recorded sermon, which has been a real blessing to our people, I think we may try to maintain, this isn't, I can't make a unilateral decision on this, uh, but maintain a type of live stream, because even though we may be able to gather together again, say in a few weeks, a month, Lord willing, uh, some of our elderly may not desire to do that yet because of the danger it poses, and I think that'll be a way that we can continue to minister. They can, they can connect with us, they can hear the singing, see the faces. That's, that's been some of the things that we've heard. It was so good to see Stephanie on the piano or so good to hear so-and-so read scripture. Uh, just to be able to continue to provide that for our people that may not be able to enter back as quickly as others into the regular rhythms of life and ministry. Steve, is there any final applications or exhortations that come to mind for this local church family? Well, I just want to commend, commend our people, like I said at the beginning, Everyone I'm talking to misses gathering. They're desiring it. Uh, the, you know, where you created that Thursday church connect in the evening and the joy that people had and just the, the fun and the smiles and the fellowship. We want to be with each other. So I commend Highlands and other churches of that, of that kind of mindset. Uh, I'll just say, well done. Uh, for me, I would say, if a person's affections have not longed for fellowship with brothers and sisters during this time, or the rhythms of being the church, not just doing churchy things, but the rhythms of being church have not been affected by this stay-at-home policy, I would actually challenge that person to evaluate what he or she is actually a part of, what they're a member of. Uh, Is there a biblical interdependence on one another? And maybe I would ask it this way, does your presence matter to someone else or not? Because it should matter. It should matter. Your being there should be both for your benefit and for you building others up as well. That's what the church does. 
for God's glory. Well, that's a good word. Uh, thanks for that final exhortation. Good thing for us to think about as we evaluate our own expectations of what the church is and even as we experience the care of, of good shepherds in our lives as members of a church. We we'll hope this has been helpful to you. We look forward to doing this again, uh, Lord willing, next week.